Hey, this is Mike Brake, the lead pastor at Freedom Church in Los Alamos. Just want to say thank you so much for stopping by the podcast today. I hope you feel encouraged and I hope you feel inspired today to take your next step of faith with Jesus. Enjoy the message. We're going to celebrate baptisms today. So in the message today, and I want to talk about just kind of a future and vision for our church, for those who are getting baptized, this is kind of a message for you too, what I would want for you, but this is what I want for you and for our church and anyone who ever comes in here. I want them to feel welcome, but I want them to be encouraged and inspired to take next steps of faith with Jesus. That is our mission, to help people take the next step in their relationship with Jesus together. That's what we want to do. Jesus sums it up like this as he's He's already risen from the grave. He's talking to his disciples. He's getting ready to to, to depart to heaven. He's going to ascend from earth to heaven. And this is what he tells the disciples. He says, therefore, go, go and make disciples. This is very active. This is what um, the, the mission of the church, almost every church, its mission is this, go and make disciples. Now, we reword it in different ways, but it's basically this. We say, go and take next steps with Jesus. Go and make disciples of all nations. And then here's baptizing. He says, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands that I have given you, which Jesus really only gave one command. He summed all the commands up in saying, love your neighbor, love people. Love, your, love, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Love. It's pretty simple, yet at the same time can be so hard to do sometimes. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you, and be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Thank you, Jesus. News may have you freaking out this week. Got you all riled up, anxious, angry, frustrated, sad, grieving. But Jesus said, be sure of this. I'm with you. Jesus said, circumstances have nothing to do with my purposes and whether or not I am in control. God is still at work today. And you might be worried, rightfully so, about some very worrisome things. But Jesus said he's with you today. Jesus said you have everything you need to take your next step of faith. Jesus said, I know you might be worried about your kids and the world that they're growing up in, and you might be sad for them. But Jesus says, hey, if you put your hope in me, they're going to be okay. They're going to be all right. So we can live within this heaviness or in this spirit of fear that we are in this season of. I was in that spirit. You know, just it breaks my heart seeing the pictures and videos roll in from Afghanistan. It breaks my heart to see areas of Haiti just totally devastated. And rightfully so. We should be devastated. It breaks my heart when it gets like a gut punch that we got to wear a mask today. You guys are beautiful. I want to see your beautiful faces. But yet, here's the reality and where we are. And I want to say, my hope is not in my circumstances today. 
My hope and the reason we can celebrate, the reason I can have joy, the reason I can have peace, the reason why it's available to you is because Jesus said, I'm with you. Even to the end of the age, even when it looks like everything's out of control, even when it looks like I've disappeared, I'm here and I'm with you. And you can take a next step of faith today. These next steps that you are going to take, it's a journey. It is a journey, a marathon. One step will not get you probably to where you want to go. It is one step of many on a journey. As Jesus went to get baptized, we're going to hang out in Matthew chapter 3, if you have your Bibles with you. Matthew chapter 3, Jesus is getting baptized. Why are we getting baptized? Well, we'll see a little bit about it today. Jesus, it says in Matthew chapter 3, verse 13, that he went from Galilee to the Jordan River to be baptized by John. Now, you probably do not have that verse highlighted in your Bible. And and, uh, many of us would read that and we would just keep going. But to a Jewish reader in the first century, they would know this is a big deal. Something's going on. There's a reason why Matthew uh, put this in. First, he's going to John to get baptized. John is Jesus' cousin. He's family. John has an idea that Jesus is the Messiah. There's some miraculous uh, birth narratives that you can read about in Luke about John's birth and Jesus's birth that many of us know about. And, and, but John knows Jesus is the Messiah. Uh, Jesus wants to validate John's ministry. And so he's going from Galilee to Jordan. Now, if I were to say, you know what, after the service, after the baptisms, after we jump in the bounce house, today and have some fun. Let's go out for lunch. But we also know in Los Alamos on Sunday, there's kind of slim pickings around here. So uh, let's, go, let's go to Santa Fe. And you would say, let's go to Chick-fil-A. But it's Sunday, and you can't go to Chick-fil-A on Sunday. So we're going to have to pick something else. So I'd say, you know what, let's go to Gabriel's. Gabriel's is a good in-between spot. Good food at Gabriel's. You know you're going to get the table-side guacamole. And a little twist on the menu, get the ribs at Gabriel's. Have you had the ribs at Gabriel's? You would think get New Mexican food at Gabriel's, which is good, but get the ribs. You will not be, anybody with me? Amen, someone, someone, come on. All right, all right, all right. Good, good, good. But you're like, all right, ribs, ribs it is, let's go. But I said, you know what? We're not going to drive. We're going to walk. Now you might be like, that's, that's, that's crazy. Um, it's about 21 miles. It's going to take a few hours. Like, it's going to take some time for us to, to, to get there. Jesus said, we're going to go from Galilee to the Jordan, about 60 miles that he's going to go to make this trip. He's not, this is not some accidental trip that he's going to the Jordan. It's a big deal that he's doing here when he says, I'm going to get baptized. This is a big deal. So the, the first century Jew would know something's up. And Galilee... We also know, because it's still there today, there is a sea of Galilee in Galilee region. Like, if he was looking for water, it's literally right there. But he's going to go to the Jordan to get baptized by John. And so there's reason. It's a serious big deal when Jesus gets baptized, which is why we're going to celebrate like crazy. It is not some sideshow 
uh, at Freedom Church. We celebrate these things. Not only are your next steps a journey, but your next steps are going to have a roadblock. You're going to find a detour. Anyone from, from White Rock or try to get off the hill this week a little bit frustrated with roadblocks and detours? All right, we've got the, 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 the main hill road is kind of closed and you got to go in and around and all this sort of stuff. It's a little bit frustrating. I know my family, we used to road trip during the summer, go on vacations to Myrtle Beach. We hate the city of Knoxville. Not, nothing against uh, Tennessee volunteer fans or anything, but there was two road trips, separate road trips, where we got stuck in hours and hours and hours in Knoxville um, at a slow pace through construction. It was one of those construction zones, like four lanes down to one. And then you get to the end, and there wasn't any work being done at all. Like, no one, there's nothing, just nothing. So we hate Knoxville. But we, we have this phrase in our family, it's called making memories. I don't remember anything else about those trips, except for the fun angriness that we had at Knoxville, at Knoxville's expense. So um, detours, I don't like them. Jesus goes to Jordan to get baptized by John. And in the very next verse, it says, John tried to talk him out of it. Roadblock. John tried to talk him out of it. He says, I'm the one who needs to be baptized by you. So why are you coming to me? But Jesus said, ah, <laughs> but Jesus said, let it be done. It should be done, so we must carry it out all that God requires. John said, but Jesus says. You might expect roadblocks and obstacles to come your way from the enemy, which they do. Sometimes we can get sidetracked when they come from family. When not everyone is happy with the next steps that you might be taking. The greatest test to your faith, the greatest test to you taking next steps in your relationship with Jesus is facing the opposition, facing the roadblocks. Because someone might say, this is how you need to, to act or behave. But Jesus said in your life, this is the direction I want you to go. So you're not what they told you when you were a teenager. You're not what someone made you feel like when you were an adult. Jesus says, you are my child, you are my daughter, you are my son. The media, the culture would say, you need to freak out about all of these things. But Jesus says, I've got it and I'm in control. Perhaps the biggest obstacle, the biggest enemy that we need to face isn't from the outside, maybe isn't even from within on the family. It's the enemy within our head. When God calls you to take a next step of faith, hesitation. He tells you to go, let it be so now. We've got to do this now. Hesitation. Where does that come from? What will they think about this? What will this do to me? What will happen if I do this? Uncertainty in a step of faith is, is a guarantee. And so we will often hesitate because we worship certainty and control 
when God's calling you to take a step of faith, the enemy within will tell you, no, don't take a step of faith here. It'll be easier if you don't do those things. A step of faith will require something that's hard, a roadblock. You can expect opposition to come. I remember a few years ago, my nutrition was horrible. My health was not in great shape. And I had a friend, Chris, he was very fit. And so he said, hey, you want to, it was the new year. Hey, you want to start working out with me? I got my own gym in my garage. I got everything set up. I used to do CrossFit. I need a partner. You want to come? Sure. So I start, the first time I'm going to work out with Chris, and I, I, I go to his house. It's early in the morning and immediately get intimidated. I'm already intimidated because Chris is fit and I'm not. And he used to do CrossFit and I don't. He even has a plaque on his wall. Instead of CrossFit, it says CrisFit on, on the thing. And so I'm, I'm like, ah, I don't know. But he's in shape. I want to be in shape, so I'm going to do what he says. So we get there, and he's like, do some squats. I hate squats, but Chris is fit. I want to be fit, so I start doing squats. I get done with the first set. He says, do more squats. I'm like, I don't like this. I start doing more squats. I get done. He says, you know what? Do more squats. I'm like, oh, are we ever going to do this? By the time I'm doing my third round, I'm starting to like literally like start seeing some spots. I don't even make it to the end of the workout <laughs> because at, at some point I'm down like this. I look over and Chris has a cookie and some orange juice <laughs> that he's trying to give me to give me to like kind of snap out of it and wake up. I didn't like working out. I wasn't very good at it. I was stuck down on the ground. I was embarrassed. It was hard. I didn't want to keep going. But I feel like one of the major things God wants to tell me, if you're in an obstacle today, if you're in a season of heaviness, if you're feeling stuck in worry or depression or anxiety or uncertainty, I want to take a next step of faith, but I feel like I'm down on the ground and I'm stuck. I want to tell you, God's saying, don't stay stuck today. You, you have people around you. You have God with you, within you, saying, don't stay stuck. You don't have to stay stuck today. You don't have to stay stuck where you're like, I don't want to keep scrolling and scrolling and scrolling, and I'm addicted to this thing, and I don't want to. You don't have to stay stuck there. You don't have to stay stuck in the anxiety of a 24-hour news cycle that just is built on getting you all angry and ramped up and, and dividing against one another. It doesn't have to be that way. You don't have to stay stuck in your worries. You don't have to stay stuck in your anxiety. Jesus is with you today wanting to help you take a next step of faith. You don't have to stay stuck in the hurry. The epidemic of our lives, of our culture, Hur are you hurried everywhere you go? Is everything last minute where you're driving somewhere and you're racing or you're always late or it just seems like I'm always behind and I'm in this life of hurry? Like we're just chasing carrots. You don't have to stay there. You don't have to stay stuck in your insecurities. A little bit of the grossness of my life is that I'm, I have insecurities just like you do. So when I make a, a mistake like last week, a public mistake like last week, one of my insecurities is like, I want, to, I want to be liked, but I also want to be respected. 
So when I do something that I feel like, oh man, no one's going to respect you now. You're a leader and you messed up. Why would they ever listen to you? My insecurities this week, whoo, through the roof. You don't have to stay stuck there. I know who my Savior is. I know who my identity is, and it's not in that. So when that comes, I can identify and say, I don't have to stay stuck. There's a better way. So you're going to face obstacles, but you can keep moving through them. You don't have to stay angry. You don't have to stay bitter. You know, one of the big reasons that helped me as I was getting through this week and dealing with some of those insecurities, I, there's a part of me that if I gave in to my insecurities, I wouldn't be here right now. It'd just be easy to say, that's it, I'm done. I don't need this and I'm out of here. That's not what God's calling in my life. That's not the next step he's calling me to take. That's not the direction that I want to go. Here's what I know. On any given Sunday in this house, God's going to speak. His presence is here. This is his house where his people are gathered. His presence is here. And on any given Sunday, he might speak. I want to be a part of that. On any given day of the week, when you get your Bible open and you crack open his word, he might give you a word for that day, for that moment, right then and there for you. On any given time, you get in a group, when you get in a connect group, you just might get the encouragement and strength that you need for somebody to speak into your life. On any given time, when I show up and I am present and I bring me, Jesus just might work through me in someone else's life. It is not about me. It's not about my feelings. It's not about my circumstances. It's not about the roadblock. In many ways, Jesus wants to show off despite the roadblock. He says, yeah, you can't, but I can. Nothing's impossible with me. John said, I don't think you should do it, but Jesus said, let's go. So I don't know what is holding you in this stuckness in this season, but don't stay stuck. You have everything in your resources, in your hands right now to take your next step of faith. And the best time, you want to know the best time to take your next step of faith? Now. If you know what God's calling you to do, don't procrastinate, don't wait. Because here's what I know. Breakthrough often comes after follow through. Breakthrough often comes after follow through. Put that in the comments if you're joining in online. So John agreed to baptize him in this epic moment is about to take place. After his baptism, as Jesus came up out of the water, pause time out real fast. Why do we dunk here at Freedom Church? All right. He came up out of the water. He's in the Jordan. There's a large body of water there. The word baptizo, baptism in Greek, comes from the Greek word baptizo, which literally means dunk. I'm not fighting about it. Like, if you got sprinkled, okay, fine. I'm not going to fight about it. I'm just saying, why do we dunk at freedom? That's, this is where that comes from, to dunk. He's coming up out of the water. It seems to give that image. Then the heavens were opened. 
And we saw, he saw the Spirit of God descending, descending like a dove and settling on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my dearly loved Son who brings me great joy. One of the few spots in, in Scripture where we see the Trinity all together. You don't have, the word Trinity is not in the Bible, but you see it. And one of the spots you see it is right here. They're all together. Father, Son, and Spirit in this beautiful moment of baptism. Now, breakthrough comes after follow-through. Up to this point, what had Jesus done in his ministry? I can see through your mask. You're like, nothing. <laughs> nothing. And that's the point. Some of you need, someone needs to hear this today. No miracles. No teaching yet just taking his next step of faith. This is my dearly loved son. He hadn't even completed the mission yet of death on the cross and resurrection. This is my dearly loved son. You are not what you do. Los Alamos, we need to hear this because it's easy to get confused. When, when the praise comes because of the work or the PhDs, it's easy to get it confused. When the praise comes, hey, great sermon, Pastor Mike, I really, it spoke to me. Or whatever. It's easy to think my, my identity is built on what I do. You are not what you do. You are God's child. You are his son. You are his daughter. You didn't do anything to earn it. You just received that. And somebody needs to hear that today. How? How is it so? Grace. It's called grace. And when you fill up on that, you fill up on, on, on God's grace for you and his love for you, his forgiveness for you. We can look at the heaviness. We can look at the anxiety, the insecurities, the worry, the anger. We can walk through the chaos and the hell that we're facing with joy and peace on a firm foundation because my identity is not built on what I do. At the end of the day, I'm his and I'm his child. You are his child and he loves you so much. For those of you who are parents, you get this? What did your child do to earn your love? Nothing. They had it immediately. Same with us. Jesus knew everything about you. He knows everything about you right now, good, bad, and ugly. And he still paid the price for you because he loves you. That means you're valuable. That means he wants this relationship with you. He wants to take next steps with you. It's a journey. There's going to be roadblocks and detours. But if you can see past that, breakthrough comes after follow through. Breakthrough comes after the next steps. So what's the next step God is calling you to take? Lynn. Can you please go get Seth and the kiddos? We're going to do baptisms in a little bit. And he's going to bring the kids in here to, uh, to watch and observe.
As we wrap this out, I want to ask the question, what step is God calling you to take? We want to love Los Alamos. We'll love them through a service here and have some fun on Sundays, but more than likely, it's going to be you out there having your eyes open to go love your neighbors, to go love your friends and family members and coworkers. As we celebrate baptism here in a few minutes, baptism doesn't save you. Baptism doesn't earn you more love from God. It is like putting on a jersey saying, I'm representing this team. I'm representing Team Jesus. The work has already been done and accomplished. This is just an outward expression where we get to say it. It's one of the few outward expressions of our faith that we get to just to display and celebrate and recognize, which is why we go so crazy about it. The next one we're going to do next week, Lord's Supper. We're going to take the Lord's Supper together. It's one of the few expressions together that we get to just say, yeah, this moment, this, this exercise, God has ordained and said, yes, please do this. In Romans chapter 6, it says, For we died and were buried with Christ by baptism. That's why I say it, it's, it doesn't earn you anything with God. It's a, it's a symbol. For you died, we died, and were buried with Christ by baptism. No one died today. We're not burying anyone today. So it's not literal. It's a, it's a symbol. It's a picture. What's it a picture of? Just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we may also live again. So when we go under, it represents, it's a picture of that burial along with Christ. Death, the old is gone. The new has come. When they come up out of the water, we're going to celebrate like crazy because we're celebrating not only what Jesus did, but what Jesus has done in their life and in our lives with that. So we're going to yell, shout, scream, clap for that person. It doesn't mean we're perfect. (laughs) Far from it. But it means we're going to do the very best we can to take our next steps of faith with Jesus. So with that, can we stand? Can we stand together and pray? Thank you again for taking the time to listen to the podcast this week. I hope you felt inspired to take your next step of faith with Jesus. Just a couple next steps that you can take coming out of this. One, rate and review the podcast. That really does get the message out to other people faster, as well as click subscribe to make sure you get the latest content as it rolls out each week. And finally, if you want to partner with us financially, head on over to our website, click the word give. That's going to get the message out through our ministries further and faster. Have a wonderful week. God bless.